0: Thanks for listening to the Secular Hubcast, a podcast made possible through a grant from the American Humanist Association. This show is a project of the Secular Hub, a Denver nonprofit organization dedicated to promoting community, altruism, reason, and education across the diverse secular community of the Front Range region. For more information and to become a member, visit secularhub.org. All right, welcome to the Secular Hubcast. I'm your host, Jesse Gilbertson. This is episode 60. Most of our episodes have concerned secular matters, and almost every guest we've had on the Secular Hubcast, whether it's host, guest, or otherwise, uh, is a non-believer of some sort. But today I have in studio Mr. Mark Gomez. Welcome to the Secular Hubcast.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Jesse. It's really great to be here.
0: Yeah, and thank you for coming into the studio and taking the time. I really appreciate it. I was wondering if you could uh, explain Explain yourself. Um, if you could just just uh, describe yourself, um, identify yourself a little for our listeners.
1: For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, I'm here in my role as a pastor at a church called Sola Church um, in Littleton, Colorado. Um, you know, we know each other through work acquaintances um, and, uh, you know, just got turned on to your pod, podcast by one of those guys. listened to it a little bit. And, um, you know, I'm happy to be here just in my role as a, a pastor there at Sola Church.
0: Okay. Thanks very much. Yeah. I'm interested in having a discussion with you because we don't get a lot of religious visitor, visitors down at the secular hub. We get a lot of new people all the time, mm-hmm. but it's generally people who are looking for like-minded people, people who tend to be less, they're just non-believers in one way or another, right. whether, whether they're, whether they were that way as kids or whether they came to it later or whether they're in the process of Exiting a religion or some kind of a belief system. So, thank you very much for coming in. You just—you're a pastor. That's the term you use to describe yourself. I was wondering if you could maybe tell yeah. tell me a little bit about your role and uh, your beliefs and and the, the solid church that you. Sure. Are, are you the? The head pastor? How does it work?
1: Well, you know, so okay, so we helped to plant uh, Sola Church about eight years ago, uh, and I was one of the original. um, We call them elders. Um, It's one of those you know terms that you find in the Bible. So um, we call ourselves elders. It's essentially we see it the same thing as a pastor or a bishop. Like there's a couple biblical words going on there: presbyteros, episkopos. Um, It's really somebody who has oversight of the church um, and in an authoritative capacity. Okay um so yeah so i'm I'm one of the um elders or pastors there uh we don't really have a lead elder um we about two years ago kind of reorganized our leadership around shared leadership as opposed to just one person at the top, okay, you have like a round table we do yeah, uh, exactly, doctors. yeah, Others. yeah, we all have our swords that you know we have to bring with us to the meetings
0: <laughs> all right very interesting so uh, are you an ordained minister or how does that work? Like, yeah, I, I, I'm going to come, mm-hmm. I'm going to be very honest with you. I am maybe not the best person to conduct this interview. Cause I am, I know like the Catholics yeah, yeah. and the Protestants yeah. and that's like,
1: <laughs> yeah no no, no that's I don't know so, a lot about it so, so we would we would fit very broadly in that Protestant category um, and you know every church kind of has its own ordination process or how you become uh, a leader within the church and there's varying degrees of leadership um, we are we're Technically non-denominational, um, which means we kind of set our own rules around that, which is which is good and bad. Um, and I totally admit that um, there's some there's some pitfalls to that sometimes. Uh, but you know, our leadership process basically looks like uh, you. You demonstrate shepherding over a long period of time, and then the church recognizes that. So, um, so we have a, a process that we we do elder training, um, and then at the end of elder training, we have kind of a we call it an ordination process where uh, you 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 talk about what you believe, you talk about your your um, your faith with the elder board, um, and there's a lot of questions and digging, and um, you know there's a whole years long process that leads up to it, and then um, you know we confer on the title of elder. All right. And other churches do it differently. So we would never like um, hire somebody um, and bring them in and put them in front of the church and say, <laughs> this person's your pastor. Here's your spiritual leader. Got it. It um, comes from
0: within the community.
1: It does. So so even like you, I think you know uh, Rob, who's one of the pastors in our church. I think I know him a um, little bit. Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. Um, he, we hired him um, to come out and help work with, you know, organizing our church a little bit. Um, and he was on staff, but we didn't, he wasn't a pastor. Um, uh, he, you know, he did some work for the church um, and spent uh, a little over a year demonstrating to the church that he was a shepherd, and and it was really like after that time that you know we recognized him as a shepherd. So, um, so that's kind of how we do it. Other other churches, other denominations, they have you know more rigorous or less rigorous processes. They view leadership a little bit differently, but okay. um,
0: that's where we're at. All right, thank you for that. But uh, you you fill in the church leader role. Performing marriages and officiating over funerals and christenings and all those momentous occasions of people's lives. Yeah, you, you, yeah, that's that's a, an important role that the church fills, and that's your role as and you do you deliver the sermon pretty often on Sunday. I was looking at the yeah. website for Solo Church, and there are a lot of ceremony or sermons from you and from others as well. Yeah, so
1: yeah, I I, I do most of the preach. So so um, within our elder team, um, we each have different giftings and talents right um so um, just with with my talents with with the gifts that i we believe that god has you know given me um, it makes sense for me to do most of the teaching um, rob has very like organizational abilities and he's really good at personal discipleship and so he mm, can lead okay. in those areas and then we've got two other elders and um, they've got their you know um, their niches that they're um, they're just really good at and so you know what what ends up happening is whoever's up in front of the church the most you, you know kind of becomes the face of the church and people People, like I, I have people assume that I'm the head pastor or lead elder or whatever terminology. Okay. Um but I, I, I don't I don't see myself that way.
0: I see. You're like the front man of the bands.
1: <laughs> right, and, but and somebody Rob, else might be writing Rob, the song.
0: Rob's playing the drums. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, for sure. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. That's an interesting community, and it's nice that you can develop your own system that mm-hmm. works for your community rather than using some top down or hierarchical driven. Yeah. Um, i don't know it's very interesting I, obviously religious folks are not it's not so easy to sort of classify them all the same way mm-hmm. just like non believers so I, I i speak to my audience a lot about the different shades of atheism yeah yeah because there are so sure. many and if you get uh, enough atheists in a room you'll have just about that many different yeah. viewpoints on atheism and right. christ i mean christianity started off in rome A few dozen centuries ago, (laughs) and it split with like the Eastern Orthodox Church and with Martin Luther, and it went through all these divisions. Yeah. And now it's, it's, you know, if I meet two or three Christians a day, Mm -hmm. they probably all have different faith backgrounds. Very different. But they're still Christians. So they hold some things in common and some things. Uh, you know they they're special or or distinct in their own ways.
1: Yeah, yeah, well. for sure. I I probably pass like fifty churches on my way here, right? And they all probably. have slightly different, you know, flavors of Christianity, <laughs> or you know. All right. Yeah.
0: Now, have you always been a Christian? like as far as you can remember.
1: Yeah, 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 I, I grew up in in Christianity. I actually grew up in uh, fundamental baptism. So like uh I grew up in a community that was called uh, Independent Fundamental Baptists. Um and so, you know, when you think of fundamentalism um like that hardcore adherence to spe- a specific set of doctrines, um that was that was my background. Um, okay, that's where I grew up.
0: Were you a true blue believer?
1: Uh yeah, I mean, I was like I was like the youth group president, you know. Okay. I mean I was I was into it I went to a Baptist Bible College and everything um, that was independent fundamental Baptist um, and a lot of it you know there was uh, you know supposedly it was really about, adhering to a set of doctrines like like here's the fundamentals of the faith and what they would say is we will militantly defend these fundamentals of the faith, right? We would never give these up. Um, but what, what ends up happening is uh, how do you define what exactly those fundamentals are? Like I have really good friends who um, are Presbyterians and they um, they baptize their babies, right? They have um, infant baptism or pedo baptism um, we, We're Baptists technically, so we... Baptize believers like we only baptize adults. So is that a fundamental of the faith? And depending on how far you get, yeah. there's some. You guys some are having people, a schism right now. Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's some like in in that. Um, environment that i grew up in would hold on to something like that so tightly and say oh we need to separate from those people like right. um and and it ends up being a very cultural thing too like you you it's not just that you separate doctrinally but you people have to be able to tell that you're separated okay. you know um, it's like the way you dress you know um our all of our girls had to wear skirts that went below the knee um you know i would have to wear a shirt and tie to school you know things like that um and the rules you couldn't go to a movie theater because what if somebody you know, you don't want to give the appearance of evil, okay. um, wow. you know, stuff like that. So um, it, it it starts around this idea of holding on to these doctrines, but it ends up being this kind of we're going to create this subculture um, and try to protect this subculture.
0: Okay. That, that's very interesting because the way you described it, everybody in there has to have a certain type of uniformity. Uh, like yeah. even visually, you have to be able to identify them from across the street or whatever. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. it's interesting. You know, I I remember um being in a um in an independent fundamental church as an adult, um and you know had a had a friend of mine that came out of um like a, a an urban very a, a gang lifestyle. He was he was Hispanic, deep into um you know, just grew up around gangs. Um, and he came to faith and would come to church, you know, in his tank top and in his chains and tattoos and everything. And it was great. You know, I, I, he was a great guy. And one day he shows up in like a three piece suit. Um, and you can tell he he feels a little bit uncomfortable in it. And I asked him about it, you know, like, Hey, you know, you're, you're all dressed up today. What's up? He said, you know, people just look at me different and treat me different. Um, and so there's that pressure to conform okay. to this vision of like what Christianity is <laughs> supposed to look like, right? Okay. So it doesn't look like tank tops and saggy pants and and chains to some people, right? Okay. Um, and so I think wh- that was one of those breaking points where I looked at it and it's like, this is this is not how it's supposed to be.
0: Okay, because he couldn't right. be his himself. He couldn't represent where he came from or right. his lived experience. He had to match someone else's. That's very interesting. Yeah. And, that, and you said that was in your old church? It well, was in yeah in a previous
1: church. church yeah, okay. yeah. Um several several years ago.
0: What but, let yeah. me ask you this what what led you away from what you were initially, what you grew up in, your environment mm-hmm. in that Baptist culture uh to your more the, the church you're in now, which seems to be I less mean, like that. Less <laughs> like that? Well, I, I, just, yeah. I listen you you're you're you have a much more laid back preaching style than uh-huh. what I what I think of a, a Baptist preacher, more fiery <laughs> fiery. And that yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's definitely.
1: Um, no, no, that, no, that's absolutely the case. And I mean, I, I preached, you know, the sermon you listened to, I was probably in, in jeans and a t-shirt or something like that, okay. you know? Um, so it's definitely more, more relaxed, like, you know, subculturally. But um, I think it really was, we were in a church where we found a lot of areas of disagreement and so that pushed us to really examine what we did believe like okay if if we're really fundamentalists what are the fundamentals of the faith and and where are we going wrong here because i like i don't fit in this church okay um and it was it was really you know one of the first churches i was in after college um and so then i went and examined like what do what do I actually believe about Christianity? Um, how is how is church supposed to work and operate? Um, and then over time, you know, coming to where we're at now. And I don't know that I'm done yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I I, th- I think we're still um, studying and learning and listening. I think um, Rob, our mutual friend, uh, had a huge impact um, on me, like helping me understand how how the kingdom works, like how our understanding of of Christ when Jesus talks about um, his king. Kingdom, that was a really really important concept for us to kind of come to grips with um, and I would say Rob probably more than anybody has impacted my thinking on that um, but yeah it was it was kind of this very slow step-by-step you know like a Baby steps away from fundamentalism, and then eventually, like stepping away altogether, um, and then continuing that move, where like like your whole worldview kind of shifts. My politics have changed. You know, my view of society and you know how we live in community has changed. Um, the way I interact, like I it, it would have been very foreign for me back then to send my kids to a public school or be involved with public schools. Right? We had we had our own subculture we had created, and we. Had a Christian school, um, and that was where you're supposed to send your kids. Mm, okay, and so so there's there's a there's just a lot of, um, you know, as we understand how to in, how we're how we believe the uh, that we're supposed to interact with culture, you know, there's there's just these little steps away from that. Um, man, that protective subculture where you're creating this this thing in order to try to stay away from the world, right? Okay. Well, like you, you don't want the world to get in and you, you place all these barriers and then come to the realization that actually we're supposed to be going out into the world um, and we're supposed to be part of our culture. Okay.
0: So, yeah. That sounds great. I think isolation is bad for a person and it's bad for a group as well. Yeah. So you're... You're an elder in yeah. the solar church, um, and you're, it's, uh, it's obviously a very important part of your life,
1: <clears throat> part, yeah. of,
0: part of your identity and who you are. So I, I imagine it takes up almost all your time. Are, do you do it full time?
1: No, no, none of our, uh, none of our elders or pastors are full-time. Um, so I, I'm actually, I'm actually an IT consultant. Okay. Um, I work for a company. I, I work from home. I've got a flexible schedule. It's a great company. And so that's, that's my full-time job. Um, I only work for the church part-time and take a small stipend. Um, so, you know, we, we want to, we want to be able to, um, pour money back into our community. When we kind of reshifted our leadership We also refocused our church around, um, serving the vulnerable and the oppressed communities in our area. And so we want to be able to, you know, pour money back into, into that, into that mission as opposed to, um, spending a lot of money to have somebody working full time.
0: Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I noticed on your website that you meet at a rec center rather than having your own building. Is that correct?
1: We do. Yeah. So we okay. meet over at uh, Buck Rec Center in Littleton, um, which is which is great. Like we really want to um, view ourselves as part of our community, right? So, so actually being in a community facility helps us to build that. Yeah, it's not to say we would never have our church. Like there's some things that we would love to do. Um, like right now there's only uh, two locations for the severe weather shelter in the Littleton, like downtown Littleton area um, we would love to have a building and and do that um, you oh, know nice. um, we uh, we have like some of our work we collect stuff like we we had a, a single mom who um, was coming out of homelessness and got housing but had nothing and so being able to you know kind of on the fly collect a bunch of stuff and and send it you know to to her um, to help her get started um, like it'd be nice to have a building to be able to store stuff like that and collect it and be ready when someone has a need
0: okay that sounds really fantastic there there's a group called atheists helping the homeless yeah and at the hub we do a collection but this group they collect from a lot of other places too yeah. and it's clothing and food and yeah. neat, you know toiletries all those things um but the the guy who runs it has the same problem he can't store the stuff where do
1: you put it yeah yeah, so. yeah no absolutely yeah we've talked about like renting storage space and stuff like that and mm. so i mean one it, it it could happen someday that we might have our own building um but if we did we would view it more as like um Like a community facility as opposed to just a a worship center, I guess, if that makes sense.
0: Okay. I like it a lot. I I think it's really cool. Um, Yeah, there's definitely a lot of impulses to help at the hub um, as well. Like all people want to help others in need, or not all people, but I'd say the majority of people. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And so it can be hard to know exactly what to do and not, not just sort of. Fall in line behind a different community or a different organization. Right. Their needs are different in every place, and your capacity to provide help to people in need. It, that varies from place to place as well so. right
1: right and it's so easy to get it wrong too I think a lot of times we right. Do
0: you think what you know what people need
1: yeah yeah like we, we assume that we know and and I was man I was just reading an article about a woman who went to Uganda and decided to start a medical clinic it was on NPR um, and she felt God calling her to start a medical clinic and um, and she had no medical training at all and okay. like hundreds of kids die under her you know oh my so God. so like we um, we have this impact to help. Um, But we also need to have the humility to say, like, do I actually know what the best way to help is, right? And so, that's where, like, we work with a lot of experts in our community. We don't um, we don't have any of our own like nonprofits or anything. We um we try to find people who are doing good valuable work and partner with them and invest in them. Um and and like understand that we're not necessarily experts in all these different areas. Um but we do like we like you said we we have the impulse to help, you know. Um and and we try to do that as much as we can.
0: Okay. So you sound like a pretty busy guy. Family man. You're an elder at a church, <laughs> yeah. and you're a full time employed i t guy yeah are there other communities that you you're a part of
1: yeah, I mean you know we we, we want to be invested in our neighborhood, so we're very involved in our um, in our kids' schools you know our kids all go to their their neighborhood schools and you know I've been on the um, accountability committee for our school my wife's been p t o president um, so we've got this kind of school community that we've developed that um You know, because we want to be involved, because we want to be, you know, serving the best interests of the school. Um, we know a lot of people there. You know, I grew up here in Denver, so my family's here as well. Um, so I've got my family community. But yeah, I I would say, um, that church community is one of those, uh, like really tight-knit communities that, like, we're, we're not a, we're not a Sunday morning church. Um, you know, it's not to say we don't have Sunday mornings or we don't in, like, spend time and work hard on Sunday mornings. But we really want our people to, um, build relationships that, like, they're, they're, they're being family together as opposed to just coming to a service and then going, you right. know? You have a term for that,
0: like, missionship or something like
1: that. Yeah. We Is call, it, we call them missional communities, missional, missional community, community groups. Art. So, um, but that's, so he, that's
0: your, that's like the philosophy of how you practice religion rather than, that's a light flip, a light switch you turn on Sunday morning and flick it back off. Cause yeah. that's kind of the cliche of yeah. the non-believing. Christian or the hypocritical right. believer or whatever.
1: Right. That it's it, it's it's like church is a place you go or like, where <laughs> you know it really is like a people that you're a part of, you Got know. It
0: uh yeah communities, yeah, so okay, rather than a group of strangers that you see once a week, yeah, or whatever yeah. is that is that what you're more what you're talking about yeah
1: yeah, absolutely and and you know we're we're a small church and and some of that's intentional because we're we're a high commitment <coughs> church, you know if you um if you were to walk in the doors of our church you you would probably be asked out to lunch or dinner. By half a dozen people, you know, because um, we really work hard at building relationship and trying to draw people into relationship outside of just the Sunday morning gathering. Right. And and a lot of that is counterculture. And, and it scares people away sometimes, you know, um, where they, they come in and maybe they're not quite ready for that. And it's like, you know, this is a bit too much right now. Interesting. Right. Interesting.
0: Hmm. Well, if I could use myself as an example. Mm-hmm. My roommate. I met it at the secular hub. Yeah, my a lot of my friends that I yeah. hang out with, uh, <clears throat> camping buddies. Um, I do a lot of because that's my community. Yeah, that group of non-believers is the people that I like to be with, and I support the hub financially. Yeah, I volunteer there a lot. Um, I guess I would be kind of a shepherd, you know, yeah. like one of your, <laughs> right, right. If there was a parallel, <laughs> right. Um, because I like to help. I do the podcast. For you have the, some for oversight of stuff there, yeah. But I yeah. like when people need help with the AV. I know how to fix the AV. Yeah. But when people need heavy stuff carried up and down the stairs, I can do that too. So,
1: well, and you know, um, it's it's funny. Like I think you know this this is something that is intrinsic to human nature, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that we desire that kind of community. Right, Um, and we really need it.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's essential um, because you can't fulfill all your needs alone. You need other people. You need people that you can trust and love, and uh, you just got to find the group that you're supposed to be a part of. Right. So that sounds like you are were a part. You said you planted the solar church. Yeah, You you were one of the planters, like the original.
1: Oh, I, we we, I, we met like in a living room for a while <laughs> and there was like th- you know maybe 10 of us and just gradually like started growing okay
0: that's awesome yeah cuz i like to get hub founders on the podcast from time to time because yeah. the, the hub is a community center yeah. we've got our own little spot downtown yeah. kind of in the 5 points neighborhood
1: oh cool yeah
0: and so uh, and so it's kind of the same thing with, with they have their own sort of genesis story of what yeah. <laughs> coming up as a group uh, and yeah. making it happen so yeah Creating community is fantastic. Um, I really appreciate how you say that you, it's a, it's about a, it's about everybody in the community being part of that community full time and engaging with the community. Like, you don't have a lot of overhead. You don't have a lot of fancy cars. You're not like Joel. Um, can, I, can I say his name, Joel Osteen? Josie, yeah. Can, I, say his, can sure. I talk smack about other preachers, like the really rich ones?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we we are not a flashy church. <laughs> like I, I am, I'm going to rejoice wherever the gospel is being preached. <laughs> At the same time, like we do operate differently than than I th- than I think what people are normally used to or used to seeing, right? Because you know, there's there's a lot of churches out there that that do grab the headlines or that do get the you know the profiles in time magazine and stuff like that and so people associate that with you know
0: or they have like mega churches that they could open their doors to when there's a natural disaster yeah if they wanted yeah cool sorry i kind of diverted at the end was there more you wanted to cover on that subject of the different sort of communities and how they overlap in your life because that's that's kind of what i was getting at is you you know like i mean you you brought it up and emphasized it right away Mm. it's you can't withdraw you can't be an island you have to be out part of society at large
1: yeah i so i mean we you know, we believe like like you go back to the 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 Genesis poem, right? Where God creates man initially, um, and and he and, you know it, it talks about him creating everything, and everything is good, right? He did this and looked at it, and he said it was good. Um, then he creates man, um, and man is the first thing that he looks at and says it's not good, oh, right? Okay. So so he looks at man and he says it's not good that that man should be alone. Okay. Um, so, like, whatever you believe about, you know, the Genesis poem and what it's trying to say about creation. Um, I think at, at root, the idea here is that, um, God is, p- is painting himself as a relational creature. And so then when he creates man in his image, um, he's making man as a relational creature. And so it's not good for a man to be alone. Um, they, we need, you know, community. We need relationship. Um, we like we need men and women, um, and and um, you know you you can't have a robust community without both. And you know, I mean, biologically you can't you know sustain <laughs> the, the species without it. But um, but it, there, it's it's deeper than that. You know. Yeah,
0: when it's a very basic need for for most life. If mm-hmm. you go to work, your dog's gonna be staring out the window all day, wondering yeah. wondering, wondering, wondering where you're coming home. So. Yeah. Great. Um, I wanted to ask you about the sort of your role in leadership because leadership means you have to put up with, you get a lot of new headaches. Yeah. It's a lot of extra work. That's like thankless most of the time. Yep. So what was it about? Like what called you to it?
1: You know, um, I mean, it's, it's hard to say because, um, if I'm being honest, I never actually pictured myself as a pastor. Like growing up, there was a lot of pressure to go into the ministry. Um, in the in the church, we, we we had a preacher boys class um, where we would get, like in, in the school that I went to, we would go to a class where we would learn how to be like a preacher, right, um, and how to put together a sermon and all this. Um, and I did that, and I and and you know I think I was I was pretty good at it. But in my mind, I never saw myself being a pastor. Um, I went to college to be a teacher. I taught math for, um, 10, 12 years. Um, and I, and I saw myself as, like, that was, that was what, um, what my identity was. Like, I was a teacher, right? And then, like as we got involved with uh, with the church and church planting and this kind of community, my idea of a pastor changed a lot. so it it went from like uh, this professional person who gets up on Sundays and um, and has this list of duties to someone who just loves his people really well and and serves their needs however he can. Right. um, And so, you know, when I became an elder, I was I was a full time teacher at the time and we had another guy who was doing most of the preaching and, you know, a lot of that stuff. And so I kind of it's almost like I, I snuck into leadership a little bit, like like but in stages, like I was a, I was a lay elder for a while, which means um, I wasn't paid by the church. I was just, you know, offering whatever leadership I could because the church had recognized that. And then gradually, you know, once that, um, that original elder, once he left, then it was like, okay, what, what roles can I fill now? So that's, that's kind of how it ended up. And it really was like, I love this church. I love this community. Um, and here's here's the holes that we have right now let me fill them and i don't know that i'll i'll do it forever like if somebody else comes along you know we develop somebody into eldership who has just tremendous giftings in in speaking or you know things like that um you know like i would i would love to hand that over um and say you know you you obviously are gifted here run with it i'll i'll do this over here or you know sure um um,
0: so share those responsibilities, especially if somebody's better at it than you are. Like delegate. Um no yeah. your your discussion discussing this with you has been very interesting to me because you're talking about planting churches. <clears throat> and I I definitely aspire to like plant secular hubs out there. Yeah. Uh, like you said earlier, in our discussion. You probably drove past fifty churches here. Yeah. And You drove past zero secular <laughs> churches. Yeah, that's probably true. Because there's only one in town, and yeah. I think you have to go to Las Vegas to get to the next one. Yeah, that's and we're not affiliated with them. Or there's one in Sa- Sacramento. There's a few of them around. Yeah, but they're pretty rare. You yeah. know what I mean, the the atheist community it's it's uh it's definitely not defined the way most religious communities are. Like yeah. meet you know everybody gets there and they're. Dressed in their their Sunday finest, <laughs> and then you you have handshake time, and then you have coffee time, and then you like yeah. you sing a hymn. Everybody sits down, and then you know there's there's a there's a structure to it that, and everybody sort of fits in. Yeah, and atheists are like not like that. Yeah, uh, it's there's a there's a thing called Sunday assembly, yeah. which is similar, but it's uh-huh. like science and reason and uh-huh. whatever secular based. Yeah, but it has music and it has all the same thing, and it's like. Uh, you know people it's beloved by some people but so it for most people it's just like or at least around here it it, it it's it's like a zombie it comes back and it gets killed and it yeah. comes back but people like the the need of the community is is that's the fundamental thing because yeah um i meet a lot of people there and i you know i've had the opportunity to uh help a friend who was going through some chemotherapy mm-hmm. and she had to move by a certain yeah. date and her body needs to be like healing. She doesn't right. need to be working Lifting exhausted. boxes, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I just helped her move some, some junk one day and, and it, was, it was a serv- it was service that I could do yeah. to, to sustain and help my community. Right. And that I think, I, you know, nobody told me to do that. I just yeah. found that on my own. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's like the only kind of leadership that I would want to do is just be an example of yeah. what needs to be done. Yeah. And and yeah. Being on display and and for me right. it's it, for me like I don't really care about ideology or beliefs for mm-hmm. me it's about people. Like yeah. people are the most important thing, taking care of people. So
1: Yeah. Well and I I think uh, that's where we have a lot of overlap then because um leadership is not something that you just appoint people to. It really is like you you know um when when you look at the example of Jesus um he says you know leadership is actually servitude right whoever would be greatest among you let him be the servant of all um and so when when we're picking leadership it's not just who is the flashiest or who has the you know who has the best the most, best re- the, most skill, the most reach <laughs> yeah i i've heard pastors say instagram built my church you know um and it and and what what Jesus is saying is if you actually want to be great then you need to be this obscure servant um and so like if if you want to be um an elder or a pastor and we 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 want to recognize the fact that you are like laying your life down on behalf of others right um and so we we lead by example in those ways. Like, like I know Rob has done tremendous work with the uh, the homeless community um, in Littleton, and his wife Julie is deeply connected there. You know, on the board at Graceful Cafe. Um, and and so, mm. like, I look at our leadership team, and um, it's very easy to say, like, these are people who are demonstrating what Jesus was talking about, um, and and actually serving the people around them. You okay. know,
0: cool. I have a friend who suffers from mental illness and mm-hmm. she's been to the Graceful Cafe. Yeah. It's one of the places she, she goes to from yeah. time to time. No, it's a great I, spot. I just saw her and fed her. I took her to, to Rico's and in Inglewood for a delicious calzone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Part, oh like, yeah. That's funny. We literally, uh, helped the same person that's with awesome. food.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. No, I, I love that. And, you know, um, you know, we, Bob, Bobby, one of our elders actually preached a couple of weeks ago about the idea of common grace that, um, that, uh, because of the common grace of God, um, not, not everybody, like ev- everybody has the ability to do good, whether they believe in God or not. Right. So, so in our theology, like I, I'm, I'm sure you get, Christians who tell you like everything you do is evil, right, or may- maybe you, uh, <clears throat> uh,
0: it doesn't matter what you do on here here on earth as long as you're as long as you get right with god
1: right right yeah, yeah, and so so like what you're doing to help your community, some people would say, well, that doesn't matter at all, right, but on the contrary. And what what Bobby preached really well was, um, because of God's common grace, he can he can actually use people who don't even believe in him to advance his purposes. And what he says is really valuable to him um, is actually serving like the oppressed and the vulnerable. Like when Jesus actually starts separating out, you know, the sheep and the goats. One of the one of the defining factors is like I was naked and you clothed me. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me water. Um, they're like, when when did we do that? We we don't remember that. And he says when you did it for the least of these, right? Okay. Um and so um so that's that's what's important to God and God allows like even people who don't believe in him to actually advance those purposes, okay. right?
0: Fair enough. Well, uh that's very well articulated and you have a long history to depend on. <laughs> or to rely on to to, to infuse what you Ah oh, man. Some days I got it. Some days I can do those transitions, man. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: clears throat>
0: I don't know. The bottom line is, uh, I, I thank you for your work. That sounds beautiful. I don't, I don't care why you do it yeah, as long as yeah. you do it. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> and, uh, yeah, cool. I think it's great. And, uh, I know you're a busy man. You got a lot on your plate. So I kind of wanted to pass it over to you. And see if there were any final words you want to leave us with. Any, any last thoughts you want to leave with our audience? Here?
1: <laughs> yeah. No, well, I mean, first off, I just want to say thank you for having me. I mean, I, I, I love getting together and discussing community, right? And that's kind of what, what we're both really interested in and passionate about yeah, it. Sounds about. like it. Yeah. Um and so, you know, I really, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. Um I do believe that like God has created us to need that kind of community. And I'm I'm so glad that you found it um and that you have it, right? Because that's that's something that's really important. Um, you know, I, I think from from our perspective, like we actually believe Jesus rose from the dead um and and he is ruling and reigning, right? And so we, um, you know, I'm not I'm not here to try to convince you or anything. I just, um, <laughs> I, I just, I just want to say, like, here's here's the basis by which we do it. Like, we actually believe we're following Jesus' example of like serving the vulnerable, the oppressed, the least of these, right. um, and we do it because we actually, you know. We we see we see Jesus as like our king, um, and um, and you, we're excited to like partner with people who don't, you know, even if you don't, like we'd love, like if you if you guys had somebody that had a need, like let's let's come together and meet that need in the little area you know, stuff like that.
0: Well, that's very interesting that you bring that up. One of our former board members is named Chauncey, and he's a member of the team, the podcast team. Yeah, and when he was on the board, he obviously had a lot of. Plans and designs that he couldn't quite get around to yeah. because, again, he was full-time employed and a board member, volunteer, <laughs> and yeah. trying to have his own life, too. But one of the goals that he had set up was what he called a free thought exchange, uh-huh. which interfaith dialogue, whatever, yeah. it's the same sort of thing. And he, he we had we took a few stabs at it as a group, but it never got going at all. So yeah. I'm, I know there's definitely interest in – because the, the Secular Hub is a pretty strong group and it brings new members in. Frequently, you know, all the time there are new new faces visiting us, you know, and some of the old faces disappear, you know, that's just how it goes in any community. But there is a a hunger amongst some Mm -hmm. to have greater connection with the community, to have connection with groups, even groups that differ from us in many ways. Yeah. I'm very interested in meeting you. I thank you very much for coming out and having this discussion. And I hope we can continue to talk and maybe come up with other ways to help even more people.
1: Yeah, I would love that. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) All right. Mark Gomez, pastor of Sola Church. Uh, You can find that at sola.church. Is there anything else you'd like to finish us off with?
1: No. Thanks so much, Jesse. Um, It's been great to be here. All right. Thank you. Thank you.